Hey, how you doing, Ignite City? Hey, I wanted to share a, a connection that I don't think I would have seen had we not been going through major big part portions of the scriptures, Old and New Testament, uh, that God showed a few days ago. Um, out of Exodus, uh, when you look at Exodus chapter 19, um, starting in verse 9, my, the subheading to my Bible says, love your neighbors yourself. And then uh, God goes through what that looks like. There's different, there's, um, there's different scenarios. When you get to verse 17, though, it says, You shall not hate your brother in your heart, but you shall reason frankly with your neighbor, lest you incur sin because of him. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your own people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then this ends with, I am the Lord, just like I said yesterday. We do this simply because God is God. But when I looked up that word, you shall not hate your brothers in your heart. I looked up that word hate because here's what I've, I have found myself guilty of. And I'm, sure, I'm, I'm thinking I, it's a lot of us that we're guilty of this. And if it's just me, then I'm, I'm sharing my heart and I'm confessing to all of you. But I think a lot of us do this uh, when we come across people. It's like, well, I don't hate them. I just don't like them. How often have, how often have you been guilty? I don't hate anyone. And yet, but I just don't like them. And especially if it's a follower of Jesus, if it's a person who professes Christ as Lord, it doesn't mean that because they do, we automatically just get along with everyone. Uh, they're just people who have different personalities and we just rub each other wrong. And so what we usually do is we try to make sure that before God, we can say, I don't, I don't hate them. I just don't like them. But when I look up the word hate, here's what it means in the Hebrew. To hate, to abhor, detest, loathe, be hostile have a feeling of open hostility and intense dislike. And you sit there and go, but I don't intensely dislike them. And I don't detest them or abhor them. I just don't like them. The next part is being enemies. Like, oh, they're not my enemy. Like, I'm in the room. I'm not throwing stuff at them or going after them. But then look at the next part. Dislike, shun, not love. Have a feeling of lacking love and compassion for an object, implying a refusal or shunning of relationship. And that's the part that made me stop. And I thought, God, I can't, I can't hold any kind of grudge, especially when you see it here in Leviticus, like don't hold grudges. And again, we take the Old Testament and then we take this New Testament, this new covenant that we're in. And I'm supposed to love my enemies, pray for those who persecute me. The second greatest commandment is to love, love, uh, love people as you love yourself. So love God with everything, love your neighbors yourself. That's repeated down here from uh Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. And so you see that it's part of the new covenant. I'm supposed to love others, especially those who are brothers or sisters in the faith. And so it's not like I can, I can, it's not like I can, um, I can make two different categories. Well, I don't hate them. Uh, I just don't like them. And so I just keep my distance and stay away from them. And I, the thing is, I don't think that I have to be tight friends. I don't think this is this passage saying we have to be tight friends with everybody. However, I'm not supposed to shun relationship from anyone. When I look at that Hebrew word that I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to have compassion for people, but that word hate implies a refusal or shunning of relationship. The next part of the definition is without malice, uh, without malice of forethought, which means you're not thinking beforehand how much you're going to hate them or show malice toward them. Formally, to not hate from the past. So something that's happened from, to you in the past, I'm not going to show hatred because of that. There's actually a forgiveness pertaining to something that just happens. So in the moment, I'm not going to shun relationship, but I'm going to in the moment forgive. And you sit there and go, well, who can do that? 
when you jump over to Matthew chapter 18, uh, and it, it's a big passage. And so this was in um, this was in today's uh, today's reading when I read uh, Leviticus. I read it the same day. Uh, Jesus tells the story of the parable of the unforgiving servant. So when he tells the story, he says there's this king who wants to settle accounts with his servants, and he goes and he finds one who owes him 10,000 talents. Now, 10,000 talents, a talent was a monetary unit worth about 20 years' wages for a, for a laborer. And so picture uh, 10,000 times 20, uh, because it's one talent is 20 years' wage, and this guy owns 10,000. So this is this is something he could never pay back. And so since he couldn't pay it, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children be put into prison until the payment could be made, which would be never. It would never happen. And so then the servant in verse 26 of chapter 18, it is not Matthew 19, but Matthew, Matthew 18, the servant fell on his knees imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. Verse 27, out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. I mean, you, he was just he was just forgiven 10,000 20-year 20 uh, 20 times of span worth of wages. I mean, it's just astronomical. The very next verse. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him 100 denarii. Uh, verse, uh, 100 denarii was a day's wage. I'm sorry, a denarius uh, was a day's wage. So picture 100 days wages of, of money. It's a sizable amount, but not compared to what he'd been forgiven. So what's he do? He seizes, he seizes the fellow servant and he begins to choke him. And then he, he demands that he pay what he owes. And the servant fell down and said the exact same words that the servant uh, said to the king in verse 26. Have, patient with, have patience with me and I will pay you and I will pay you. Verse 30, he refused and went out and put him in prison. You notice who noticed this though? Fellow servants. Fellow servants watched what happened, knowing that the servant was forgiven this debt that he could never, ever pay, and yet puts a fellow servant into prison because he wouldn't pay him a hundred a hundred days worth of wages, even though he'd been forgiven a great deal. So the fellow servants go and tell on him. They go and tell the king what had happened. And here's the king's response. It says, the master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not have you had, I'm sorry, should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? Verse 34, and in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt, which would be never. Verse 35, now listen, this is what Jesus, he brings it down to the point. So also my heavenly father, now this is hard. This is a hard one when we say, I, want, I have the right to hold on to unforgiveness. I have the right. You don't know what they did to me. Listen to what he says. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Brian, you don't know what they did. It has nothing to do with it. I can, I can say that as, as long as I live and keep holding on to a grudge and, and feel like I'm justifying my, my unwillingness to forgive, but I'm always going to bring us back to Jesus. Like I could do that, but I got to come back to what Jesus says. And so when Jesus says, so also my father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother. Now here's the phrase, from your heart. You go back to Leviticus chapter 19, 17, you shall not hate your brother in your heart. Here I'm called by Jesus to forgive my brother or my brother or sister from my heart. Friends, we have emotions and they just come. I mean, they can come and hit us from all over. 
but we are not subject to our emotions. Actually, what we're supposed to do for me to love, or I'm sorry, for me to not hate my brother uh, in my heart means that I must have the ability to have mastery over my emotions. That God actually wants me to love my brother in my heart. He wants me to forgive my brother from my heart, which means I can't sit there and go, well, I just feel so much anger and so much bitterness and I can't stand that this person did this. And guys, we I get it. We All of us have been hurt and some have been hurt in such horrific ways. But we can sit there and say, I don't feel like I have to forgive. And yet Jesus will come and say, yes, you do. And here's the motivation behind it. Because you and I, we have been forgiven a great deal. And so we are called to forgive from our hearts, not just with a, not with, just with a statement where we feel like we can continue to shun people. I think we use wisdom. We, we create relationships with people based upon the person. Um, there's those that I can go deeper with. Those, there are those that they're followers of Jesus, but maybe they struggle with gossip. So I'm going to pull back from what it is that I say to them. I think that's wisdom. But to refuse any type of relationship, any type, even if it's cordial, Friends, that's wrong. It's sin. And so I'm I'm convicted. I was convicted. I can no longer say, I don't hate him. I just don't like him. I'm not allowed to do that. What I should be saying is, God, I don't feel like forgiving them. Would you help me forgive? God, I don't want to love them. Would you help me love them? You've called me to love my neighbors myself. You've called me to love my enemy and to pray for those who persecute me. I can't love like that. I can't love according to what scripture says in 1 Corinthians 13, without the help of the Holy Spirit and the first fruit of the Spirit that's mentioned uh, in, in Galatians chapter 5, the first byproduct of knowing and having the, the, the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit is love. In order for us to love like God, we have to have God enabling us and empowering us and in us so that we can do that. In order to forgive like Jesus, we need to have the Holy Spirit in us helping us forgive from the heart because God himself has forgiven us from his heart. Friends, I hope it's helpful. Love you guys more than you know. We'll talk soon.